Good morning. Welcome to Discovery's Digital Gathering. We are glad you're here. We are excited for what God has in store this morning. We want to invite you to download our app, which will help you stay current with our community and get further connected by filling out our new visitor card. Let's prepare our hearts for worship and for the adventure of discovering the good news of Jesus together. Hello, Discovery family. My name is Antonio Reyes, and I'm the associate pastor here at this community. I'm super excited to be here with you. I know um, probably it's a new face to you, but um, I'm super stoked. I This is my first time speaking to you, here with you, and um, I can't wait for the future. I can't wait for the next couple months, years, whatever that, that looks like for us, and I'm excited to continue this conversation on Ecclesia. You know, um, I'm passionate about the local church and I just, I'm honored to share with you this message. And um, we want to continue the conversation that you've been having in the past couple weeks and months. Um, we we want to walk through what it means to, to, to walk in and to see the first movement of the church. What can we learn from them in the book of Acts? What can we learn of the things that they were doing and how can we apply those things in 2021? I'm sure that we can learn a lot of great things. And for that reason, I wanna take you to a very uh, interesting moment in the life of the Apostle Paul, this pioneer, this man that opened the way for the church to be planted in different places. And now you and I are byproduct of those things. So it's very interesting because we wanna talk about a moment where God tells Paul, no, no. I know that in, in, in Western civilization where we live nowadays, it's very hard to hear and know. It's very complicated for us to understand how do we deal, how do we engage when things don't go or the way we want it to. How do we engage in the know of God? And yes, God can say no to us. You know that, right? <laughs> I want to take you to this moment uh, in the life of the Apostle, uh, Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16. And we want to start in verse 4. And it says this way, Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. I just want to make sure you and I understand what's happening in this moment. See, the author of this letter is letting us know, you and I, that there's progress happening with this message, that there's affecting, there's something effective about this message, that there's transformation happening with this message, that um, there's favor, there's progress, there's multiplication happening as Paul and his team is taking this gospel to different places. Paul and his companion are experiencing improvement. They're, thri they're thriving. They're flourishing in everything that they're doing. Even though there's, uh, there's, of course, challenging happening in their lives, God is giving them green light and open door wherever they go. But they're about to experience something that they didn't experience before. And that's found in verse 6 and 7. And it says this way. Check this out. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia, of Phrygia and Galatia because of the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then, coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north 
for the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So they instead, they went on through Mysia for, uh, to the sepulchre of Troas. I know there's some a lot of uh, weird names and weird cities, you know what I'm talking about. But, but what's happening right now, what they're about to experience is this no from God, from the Holy Spirit. What do we do? What do we do when, when things don't go the way we expected? What do we do when things don't unfold the way we wanted to? What do we do when God says no to us? Because I, w- I, want, I, want, you to ch- I want you to understand this. That the no of God is as important as the yes of God. Let me repeat that again. The no of God is as important as the yes of God. And here I discover if we value the voice of the Holy Spirit, and we value the listening to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, if that's one of our values, how, how are we going to respond when we hear and know from God? Let me pray real quick before we jump in into the, to the rest of this message. God, lead us, God. Lead us. Walk with us. Help us understand and become aware of your voice when you say yes and when you say no. Help us uh, learn how to respond to that no. Help us give, uh, to get wisdom to make the right choices, to evaluate when you're speaking to us. We ask you this in your beautiful name, Jesus. And I pray. Amen. See, one of the most um, crazy moments as a, as a young teenager, um, one of the things that I hated the most was that um, when my mom would say no to me. You know, there was, there was a lot of moments that I wanted to go hang out with my friends. I wanted to go party with my friends to different places, you know, go hang out with them. And, and uh, because I was the only child, my mom was so overprotected. And, and sometimes she would not let me go to places. And, and there was moments that I knew that she was not going to let me go. And I would build great cases, family. I, would, I was like a lawyer. I knew what to say, how to say it. And I would bring all this list of things and why she, will, she should let me go to these places. And there was moments that I would have these full-on conversations in my mind. And I just didn't know uh, how the conversation was going to go. But I would imagine, you know, I would have conversations on my own. And then finally, when I would build courage, I would go with my mom and say, Mom, will you let me... Will you let me go to this party, ma? And look, it's going to be safe. There's going to be adults. It's going to be in this place. And I, would never, I wouldn't even finish when she would say, no. And I would be, ma, but you're not even listening to me right now. This is the reasons why you should let me go. It's going to be fine. There's not going to be a problem. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm not going to do nothing dumb. Can you just, and she was like, no. Okay, ma. And I would be so frustrated because it was an irrational no. Now, she would not listen to what I have to say. She would not even listen to my case. And she would not allow me to go to this place. It was so irrational that it didn't make sense to me. And in my mind, you know, as a teenager, I would start crying, throw a fit. You don't, you don't care about me. You don't love me. It doesn't matter to you. I'm going to go crazy in this place. And I remember just struggling with with that because my mom would say no to me and you know what the problem that i see many times in western civilization when it comes down to the church is that many times we respond the same way to god the way i would respond to my mom really god why why don't you let me do this thing 
Why don't you allow me to do these things? You don't care about me? You don't care about this issue? You don't care about these people? Don't you care about if, 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 if I'm poor, if I don't have a place to live, or if people don't have a place to live, or people don't have a, a car? Like, do you care about the injustices that are happening around us? Do you care about this? you care about that? And then we start struggling with these things and we throw a fit to God thinking that it's irrational that God says no to us because these issues matter. Because what I care and what I want to do matters. See, here in the United States, we don't, I feel like more than the Western civilization, I don't think we, we have conversations about when things don't go the way we want to. And more in church, we don't have conversations when God says no. And we don't know how to respond, how to act, what to do when those, when those things happen. We don't, and the reality, this is what's happening. Let me, let me just share a little bit of what's happening right now. Paul is in this predicament where he's taking hope to different places, to cities that nobody else would like to go. He's taking this message to, to, so, so people can experience freedom and hope and love and salvation and truth. He's going to these places and actually it's going pretty well according to Luke. Right? Why not? If the point of this message is that this message can go to different places to as many people as we can, why not? But see, the Bible is letting us know that, that Paul is trying to go to this area and the province of Asia, and the Holy Spirit tells him no. But then the interesting thing is that he's trying to go to this place, and he's walking in the border to see if he can go back, even though he received a no, he's trying to see if he can go and sneak in again, and the Holy Spirit tells him again, no. See, we don't know how uh, how God f uh, forbade him from going to this place. We don't know. We don't want to make this so mystical. We don't know. Maybe he felt peace that God was telling him not to go. Maybe um, there was some political policies in place that didn't allow him to cross the border. We don't know. Maybe some people think that he was getting sick. We don't know. But what we know, you and I know, is that the Holy Spirit told him not to go to that place. And I'm sure if I was Paul, I would have a lot of questions. Really, God? Why not? I thought you want me to take this message everywhere. I thought, I thought you want me to expand this message to, to places that the other apostles don't want to go. I'm going. I thought that you want this to work this way. What is wrong? I'm not doing anything negative. I'm not doing anything bad. I'm actually doing something from the, for your kingdom. Wanting you allow me to go to these places. See, the fact that Paul tries two times to go to this place is telling us something, don't you think? Don't you think that he, there's something going on in the heart of Paul that he's not 100% okay with the know of God? That he's trying to go to see if he can go in there. But this is the problem, family. Think about it. Paul is experiencing an ongoing opportunity after opportunity. He's, he's experiencing open door after open door. He's experiencing favor after favor. That everything that he's doing, everything is working out. And, and, and all of a sudden, he's facing for the first time something from God that they haven't experienced before. And that's a no. How do you react to those things? See, family, we're going to be a community 
that embraces the value that hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit matters and we're going to allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit, we have to understand this. That we have to be willing to surrender our own plans. We have to be willing to surrender our own agendas. We have to be willing to surrender even when it's not something negative, even when we have a great strategy, even when we have great plans, can we actually surrender all those things to Him? I know that surrender can sound like a cuss word to us nowadays, but can I tell you this? A lot of the times God requires from us our obedience more than our ideas. God requires our obedience more than our great plans. God requires our obedience more than our good strategies. See, because obedience and surrender is an expression of spiritual maturity. I think I come from LA where everybody's spiritual and nobody's religious, you know? But the problem with this spirituality, with that spirituality in particular, is that they never want to be accountable for those things. They want everything to go the way they want to. But with Jesus, spirituality doesn't work that way. There's, there's a goal and that goal can be maturity. And the way we see maturity many times is when we actually obey and surrender our own agendas. That's an expression of maturity, to be quite honest with you. But this is what I want for you, friends. Family. With obedience, with obedience, you never sow in vain. It is an investment into a future that we cannot see. Let me, let me, let me repeat that again. With God, obedience is never so in vain. It is an investment in a future we cannot see. So I just want to make sure you understand that. See, a couple years ago, I have the opportunity to, to hang out with one of my great mentors. And um, um, he was part of this amazing church that is pretty influential. And, and my wife and I, we, we will feel so attracted to this church. And we just felt that um, that was a great place for us. But that was not our church, but we feel very connected with them. And I met this pastor from that church and he became a mentor and a voice of wisdom to my life. And one day he, um, we were in the process of us, my wife and I planning a church. But then all of a sudden he actually invited us to plan a church with him into Mexico City. And I was so flattered that he thought that Gavi, my wife and I, we have the capacity and the DNA to go and um, be part of that church planning. We knew that that church planning in Mexico City was gonna explode, it was gonna thrive, it was gonna flourish. We knew it was since the beginning. And in my mind, I was battling that I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to go with him, but at the same time, I wanted to do this. And I was just battling and I was about to let go of the church planning with my wife and just go to Mexico City. And I was flirting with both, um, with both things. And I remember one day I was, we were in this restaurant and I went and I told my friend um, from this church that was about to leave to Mexico City and I told him, hey, I, I don't want to close the door with you. I just want to leave it open so in the future, if there's an opportunity, I can go with you. And he responded to me. He was like, Antonio, there's moments in life that there's opportunities like this that only come once in a lifetime. And maybe some people would think, oh, what a jerk. Right? But to me, it was God is speaking to me and saying, Hey, I don't want your heart to be split. I want you to engage in what I told you to engage. I don't want you to go there. I want you to go this way. That's the place I want you to go. See, I want you to understand that 
surrender, when I surrender and I obey that, that paid off in the future. I was able to experience many things that, that perhaps I wouldn't probably experience if I would leave to Mexico City. I was able to engage and talk to people and build friendships and, and be in places that I never thought I would be. But friends, family, surrender and obedience are important when God is calling us out. Can we surrender our own agenda? Are we willing to surrender our own ideas, our own plans, our own visions, our own values, our own ideologies? Can we live with open hands? That's the question today. Can we live with open hands? As I close this, I, I just want to mention three, three things that I think we learned from this moment. How do we engage the know of God? How do we tackle this? How do, how do we become aware of what's going on? How do we respond to this? Let me tell you, there's three things that I want to point out that happens in this moment with Paul. Number one, verse one and verse nine, I'm sorry. It says, that night after the Holy Spirit told him no, that night Paul had a vision and men from Macedonia and the northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. See, the, the first thing that happens when we actually engage the know of God, one of the things that happens is that you and I start exploring and strategizing for new possibilities. See, when you and I, what happens when you, we're comfortable, when we, have, when we have everything, when everything goes our way, we stop imagining new possibilities. We stop uh, building new strategies for our own lives. And I believe that happens to the church. That happened to the church in 2020. Because many of us, we were so comfortable that when we faced the pandemic, we didn't know what to do because we start dreaming. We start uh, reimagining what can happen for the church. So what I'm saying to you is that when we find ourselves in crisis and when we actually, uh, when we continue, uh, when we no longer can do the things that we were doing before, when God comes and tells us, no, I don't want you to do that, that, is it, that helps us uh, rebuild and reimagine and re-strategize for something new. Disruption can cause, can cause in us to wake up for something new. So sometimes the know of God can become that that disrupts our lives and to help us to wake up and to start re-strategizing for something new. That's exactly what happened with Paul. Paul is trying to go to this place and the Holy Spirit gives him a vision and tells him, I don't want you to go that way. I want you to go this way. And guess what? That place that he ended up going became very important because that was the door for the gospel to come into Europe. Who would have thought? He didn't imagine that. It didn't cross his mind. But the Holy Spirit moved him into that place and invited him to that place, which that place became the open door for the gospel to come into Europe. So the first thing I believe that happens when you and I engage in the know of God is that we start exploring and strategizing for new possibilities. The second thing that I believe that happens, check in verse 10. So we decided to leave the Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. See, this is very important. We, the author for the first time in the whole book of Acts, he uses the pronoun we, us. He's been using they. So we're thinking that at this point, Luke becomes part of Paul's team. We look, which Luke is a, is a doctor. And Paul is been having some issues in, with his health. 
And in the future, he has some issues with his cell too. So God adds Luke, the doctor, and to his team. The second thing that I believe it happens is that God will make grow your relational equity. See, many of us, when we, when we don't engage the know of God, when we're not willing to surrender and obey God, we will miss the people that God wants to add into our lives. Even as a community, as, as a church, God wants to add people, but we're not, we need to be willing to surrender and to obey God. Because I believe this. I don't believe that your most important asset in your life is your money, is your degree, your business, or your intelligence, which, which those things are great, but I believe is your relationships that are valuable in your life. When you embrace the know of God, He will add people if you pay attention. See, by the way, I believe that many of us, we don't expand our, our, our relationships and, and our circle of influence because we keep being obsessed with the thing that we want, and God is trying to expand that and enlarge that circle, but we keep rejecting it. So I believe that when we engage in the know of God, God removes people and brings people and adds people into our lives that will add value into our lives. And the last thing that I believe happens, that's found in verse 11. This, this is what happened. Check this out. We border a boat at Troas and sail straight across the island of Samothrace. And the next day we landed in Neapolis. I know, cities, random names. I know. But what's happening here is they, they go from one place to another place and it takes them two days to get there. This is the interesting thing that I want you to pay attention. It takes them two days. Later on in chapter 27, the same road and the same distance, they travel it and it takes them five days. Why? Because the winds were against them. And this moment in chapter 16, the wind is for them. That's why they arrive so fast. See, when you and I are willing to engage the know of God, God adds favor and that expedites time, expedite things. See, many times we, we feel like we want to accomplish certain things, we want to conquer certain things. We're so we, we want to uh, we want to put in practice or we want to execute certain plans that we have. And, and we, we are struggling with the know of God. Why not right now, God? I, 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 I can't waste time. But see, you need to understand that God is a redeemer of time too. Then when we're willing to surrender our own plans and we're willing to obey the know of God, at one point, God is going to expedite things for our own lives. And maybe it's not that we're going to get what we want. Maybe we're going to get something different, but we will love it. Things that would take three years, six years, a lifetime to build. I'm sure God can build it in less time. God redeems time and he expedites time when we're willing to engage with the know of God. See, when I, I was um, a couple months ago, I was in a concert in LA and I was in the middle of this sea of people. It was crazy. It was a beautiful concert. And um, I was already living here in the area of Vacaville and um, I went to LA and I was hanging out with some friends and I was in this concert. And in that moment in my mind, I was see, I was looking around and I, and I started asking God, why God? Why don't you let me stay here? Why don't you let me build your church here? Why don't you let me bring this message here? Why don't you let me 
stay among these people. I feel at home. I feel like I fit in. I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Why don't you just let me stay here? What do you have to take me six hours away from this whole thing? Family, it was a struggle for me. It was a huge, until this day, it's a struggle. Did God respond to me? Not necessarily, but I can tell you this. I can see, I can see little by little what God is arranging around me. I can see that God has pushed me to reimagine and to re-strategize my own life, even with the church. I seen that God is adding people, valuable people in our lives that we never thought we needed. Key people in my wife's and my life. And I'm sure that God in his moment, he brings favor and he rearranged things in the way we never thought. He expedites time. Sometimes we don't even know things that would probably take so long. They're happening right now to our own lives. So family, I want you to understand this. When you're willing to surrender your own agenda, God is, that will push you to reimagine and to restrategize your own life and he will add people. And, and let me tell you once again, let me remind you, God will add value and will, he will add favor so that things can be expedited for your own life. And as a church, I, we want to believe this family. We want to believe that God is trying to help us reimagine the future of, of discovery. We want to we wanna embrace that, that God wants to add people into our community and that he's going to expedite time so that we can keep growing, we can keep multiplying as we move, as we move forward. So remember, family, the no of God is as important as his yes. As we close this, um, I want you to bring the elements and we want to take communion, family. We want to remember the, the sacrifice of Jesus. And I think this is a sacred moment that we want to take together. As you bring your elements with you, I want to, I want to pray for you. God, we're grateful for what you're doing in our lives and we're so excited about the future. We want to honor you. We want to learn how to surrender and obey what you have to say. We want to build this synergy with you that we hear you and we act on it. That we're, we're able to be part of what you're building. We thank you for the sacrifice, Jesus, that brings salvation to our souls, that brings hope to our lives, and that brings a new future for our lives too, Jesus. We thank you. In your name we pray.